Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chickdays. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Come on in. It's five minutes after five o'clock on uh, Wednesday morning, the first full day of the fall of 2020. Today is the 23rd of September, and I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. I'll tell you what, anything but fall-like temperatures coming our way today. Enjoy it while we've got it, because next week we have got a cool spell that's going to be moving in. Possibility of rain back in our forecast starting as soon as tomorrow. Today, we are going to have uh, partly sunny skies topping out around 80 degrees. Tonight, down to 60 degrees. Then tomorrow, like I said, a chance for scattered showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon. 74 are expected high. Friday, sunshine in 78. Saturday, maybe another chance of isolated showers in 75. But boy, by the time we get into next week, middle of next week, the daytime highs, not much better than the upper 50s. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, joins us in about 10 minutes or so with our latest ag weather update. Also up before 6 o'clock, the CEO of the Cattlemen's Beef Board is our guest this morning, Greg Haynes. They had to do a lot of pivoting in light of COVID-19 to make sure consumers knew what was happening with uh, the food system. We're talking with him about those challenges and how the Cattlemen's Beef Board and your beef checkoff dollars met that uh, challenge. That's up after 530. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and youth scholarship benefits. Farm First Dairy Co-op. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. At this point, we are under 50 days until Election Day. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin, and you've got 50 days of seeing all the political ads you can possibly stomach, seeing all the news stories that you can possibly stomach, all the gossip around the water cooler and at the farm that you could possibly stomach. And we here this week think that it would be a great idea to separate uh, the Democratic platform and the Republican platform and talk about uh, how each of them and each of the candidates what they think about agriculture, and what they plan to do with American agriculture. So, Bob, kick us off. We'd have, uh, Josh, done just exactly that. Talk to representatives of Joe Biden and President Trump, high-powered spokespeople who are on their agriculture advisory committees. As far as Joe Biden is concerned, we had a chance to talk to Tom Vilsack, who, of course, was a former agriculture secretary in the Obama administration, And as we talk to him about uh, moving forward with farm policy and Joe Biden, how he's involved and what kind of a group Biden has put together to advise him on agriculture. Well, Bob, let me be clear. I'm I'm obviously speaking to you today in my personal capacity and not not in connection with my uh, job at USDEC. Having said that, uh, the vice president has a number of advisors and a number of folks who have been engaged and involved in agriculture throughout uh, the United States who are working with him. Um, and we've recently had a meeting with uh, large-scale uh, uh, dairy uh, and commodity organizations uh, to sort of lay out what the Biden plan is for agriculture. 
Um, and it provides, I think, an interesting contrast between what Joe Biden has promised uh, to do and what he did uh, and what he was part of as, uh, during the time he was vice president and what Tr- uh, President Trump has promised to do and what he's failed to, failed to deliver on. Let me just uh, point out a couple of things. Uh, Joe Biden believes that we need smart trade deals, uh, and he believes it's important to have alliances. If we're going to go against China, uh, the most important thing is to put together a coalition of nations who are being similarly mistreated by the Chinese so that the Chinese are not in a position to do what they did uh, in the last three years, which is to place retaliatory tariffs on American agricultural products, which has caused a, a fairly significant uh, decline in commodity prices, build up a surplus of, of, of products. Now, as the Chinese begin to purchase some of our commodities, they're doing it at a discounted price. Uh, another issue that's important to the Midwest, uh, the renewable fuel standard. Um, this is critically important to the Midwest. Uh, the ethanol industry is, it employs a lot of folks, uh, certainly provides a lot of opportunity for farmers. Um, the uh, Trump administration has granted waivers, uh, which have basically resulted in about 4 billion gallons of ethanol that would have otherwise been produced, uh, not being produced. That 4 billion gallons equates to about a billion bushels of corn that wasn't sold, that would have been sold, uh, impacting and affecting commodity prices. Joe Biden believes the RFS is a bond between a solemn promise between the government uh, and farmers. And he has uh, indicated in a statement he made just a week or so ago uh, to, to maintain that bond, strengthen that bond, and expand investment uh, in the renewable fuel industry. Uh, President Trump promised to make significant investments in infrastructure, uh, especially in transportation. Now, Joe Biden has put forward a, a substantial infrastructure plan. Uh, and that plan that uh, Joe Biden has put forward talks about improving not just uh, ports and airports and, and uh, bridges bridges and roads, but also the lock and dam systems on our uh, inland waterway system, uh, which can certainly impact and affect the efficiency to which farmers' uh, commodities can get to market, uh, giving us an advantage in, in exports. And finally, I would say that the, the, the vice president has put forward a fairly aggressive effort uh, to revitalize the farm economy, uh, focusing on creating new revenue streams and new ways of farmers to be able to benefit economically through carbon storage and conservation payments, uh, through uh, capture of methane uh, in livestock operations that, that will create a new source of renewable energy, and through uh, developing a bio-based manufacturing economy in rural places by converting agricultural waste into a variety of chemicals, materials, fabrics, and fibers, all of which create new revenue opportunities for farmers and diversify their farming operation and take full advantage of the natural resources uh, that we find in rural places. Well, with those issues on the table, let's talk about uh, trade. Tariffs, of course, have hurt, started with the steel and aluminum tariffs. Mr. Biden's position on tariffs, and also as far as, as trade, Mr. Trump is into bilateral deals with individual countries. Is Mr. Biden more of a multinational-type trader, more countries involved in trade deals? Where is he on those issues? He understands the importance of trade to agriculture. He understands it's anywhere from 20 to 30 percent of what we grow uh, and raise in this country is, is exported. And so we do need trade, trade agreements. Uh, I think the vice president would look for partners who are willing to enter into fair uh, and free trade arrangements. Uh, but it's got to be fair. It's got to be fair to American farmers. It's got to be fair to American businesses. Uh, and I think he would be open uh, to negotiating trade agreements uh, so long as they are fair. Uh, I, I think you would see uh, an effort, as we saw in the Obama-Biden uh, administration, to look at ways in which you could leverage negotiations to get as uh, much benefit as possible. Uh, trade is a uh, 
Uh, you know, it's complicated. Uh, it is difficult to negotiate trade agreements uh, because of the complexity of our of our economy. Uh, but I think the vice president believes in smart trade agreements uh, and certainly understands the, the difficulty in utilizing tariffs because uh, when you do this, uh, other countries basically retaliate. Um, and unfortunately, the retaliation that normally takes place is aimed directly at American agriculture because we've enjoyed until recently a very robust surplus in agricultural trade with the rest of the country and the rest of the world. Uh, we sell, uh, used to sell a lot more of agricultural products to the rest of the world than they purchased from us. Uh, in this administration, we've seen a, a significant decline in that surplus to the point where uh, we will probably have the lowest uh, trade surplus, if we have one, uh, in agriculture in the last uh, 13 to 15 years. And turning to renewable fuels, small refinery waivers have, as you alluded to, been a detriment to the uh, ethanol industry. Would he direct his EPA administrator to not grant those waivers or change the system or whatever? I think he understands that the waivers were designed for very, very small refineries that were having a particularly difficult time complying with a renewable fuel standard. They were not uh, designed to benefit Exxon and Chevron, uh, which have been the beneficiaries of some of the waivers granted in the Trump administration. Uh, he understands, and uh, he, meaning Joe Biden, understands and appreciates the importance of maintaining faith with the renewable fuel standard. Uh, in his, while he was vice president, we uh, we raised the volume levels to 15 billion gallons. We invested 100 million dollars in infrastructure to expand access to higher blends of, of ethanol, uh, E15 and E85. Uh, uh, working with convenience store operators to to uh, develop new distribution systems, new pumping systems. Uh, we saw an increase in defense spending uh, on biofuels uh, to uh, to take care of the fuels for planes and ships of so the new green fleet that the Navy was putting together. Um, so there was a tremendous effort, uh, and I think you would see a return to that effort. Uh, and you would also see increased investment uh, in, in uh, continuing to create new and more efficient and better fuels. Uh, so I think the vice president, as he said, understands that this is a bond a solemn promise between the government and farmers, and he, may, he expects to maintain that bond. Tom Vilsack is with us, former Agriculture Secretary in the Obama administration, now President and CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. And, Mr. Secretary, you know from being around agriculture, and you hear it all the time, that the one thing farmers hate excessive regulations and of course, during the Obama administrations, the, the waters of the USA was a rule that came in that farmers really did not like. What about regulations as far as a a potential Biden administration are concerned? Well, let me say about the the regulations that the the vice president uh, understands and appreciates the concern that farmers have. Uh, And he's committed to a transparent process. He's committed to a process that will work with and, and collaborate with farmers uh, on any activities that may impact and affect their farming operation. And as it relates to uh, the waters of the U.S. regulation, he, he believes that, there, that we need clarity. Uh, and he also would like to maintain the previous exemption and exclusion so that farmers would understand what the rules are. Um, in addition to, to that, he would also seek to invest as part of his infrastructure plan um, in more water infrastructure, uh, more green infrastructure, all of which is designed to uh, to safeguard uh, the quality of our water, something that farmers certainly want and certainly need, and, and, and we all want and need. Uh, so the vice president sees it that way. Uh, transparency, clarity, uh, involving farmers at the front end, uh, and maintaining previous exemptions and exclusions, I think, 
sort of gives a, a farmers an indication of the, the approach that Joe Biden would take to, to regulating uh, waters, the waters of the U.S. Speaking of putting people back to work, would you accept a, another position as agriculture secretary again in, an, in the Biden administration? <laughs> well, uh, I was I was privileged to have that job for eight years, and uh, you know, it was one of the highlights of my life, and, and uh, certainly appreciated working for folks in agriculture in rural America. It's a great, great department, and anybody who has the opportunity to serve in that job is really, really privileged. I think it's one of the most amazing departments of government. Uh, my focus right now, obviously, is making sure that I do everything I can to help. Uh, a man I've known for 30 years, uh, someone who I have a high respect for, someone I know who has a tremendous amount of empathy uh, for all of us who have been suffering through this pandemic, who I think can lead us uh, to a better place uh, to get elected. And then I'm sure and fully confident he's going to have some great people serving in this administration. Uh, my focus now is just on, on, on November. Very good, Mr. Secretary. We appreciate your time. There are a lot more issues we could delve into for agriculture in rural America, but uh, we appreciate your, your thoughts and uh, explaining for the Vice President uh, where he is on some of these issues. I appreciate it, Bob. Take care. All right. Tom Vilsack, former Agriculture Secretary in the Obama Administration, now President and CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You've been a do-it-yourselfer your entire life. It's going to be one heck of a party someday. It's your life celebration party, and you should be the general contractor. This is Matt Gunderson at Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care. We've been helping plan out life celebrations for nearly 100 years, and it costs nothing to prearrange. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center. Gunderson Funeral. Signs by Tomorrow is your partner in making signs for state law health compliance for being open. What was temporary may be more permanent. Signs by Tomorrow can supply banners reminding social distancing and enhance your brand with a professional look. Floor minders keep the direction and customer flow and can advertise your image. Protection screens and outside stands welcome your customers, giving assurance of health standards. Visit signsbytomorrow.com madison. Business just got easier.
Sure she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. 520 now as we get into the first full day of fall, but with uh, temperatures that are probably going to push, at least from what I see, closer to 80 degrees today, it's not going to feel like fall. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us. But if we could bottle all that up, we probably could use it by next week because temperatures definitely take a take a change. But right now it's full uh, full throttle ahead, and that brings me to the point that it's National Farm Safety Week. I know everybody's busy. We got a lot of different things, a lot of different moving parts. But please be careful if you've got to be out there. The sun goes down faster; it's slower to come up, and that can cause us problems. Yeah, absolutely. We it's that time where we're trying to make the most work we can and get it all done because uh, that weatherman is going to talk about some rain and a couple of shots here, one coming up a little later tomorrow and then another toward the weekend. So we need to get all this work done. We have to get it done right now. And that's where safety plays in. Be extra cautious, think twice. And even if you're not a farmer, you're out in the country roads, be expecting that you're going to find some equipment. More often than not, you'll be doing right if you expect to see it because it'll be there. We do have high pressure still off to our east today. Sunny and nice, another beautiful day. Way warmer than it should be. Almost 10 degrees above normal again today. More like really early August conditions in store. But a weak cool front is trying to drop in out of the northwest. Not doing much out there. There's some sprinkly rain in the western Dakotas and off in Canada, north of Lake Superior. Big deal. That's not an organizing system. No, it's not. But a weak cool front drops in, and I do expect Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening there will be a few showers or an isolated storm. Lacrosse, Boston, we could be talking a couple of tenths of an inch. Everybody else may be up to a tenth of an inch or two. So not a big deal. Not going to keep you out of a field, most likely, unless you've got one that's still really, really wet. But we'll have that rain chance around then. Temps cool a bit with the rain for Thursday, warming again for the weekend. But later, Saturday and Saturday night, the next round of a little more light rain edges in. I'll have the forecast right after this. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Cleary Building Corporation. They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Equity Livestock Co-op. Marketing your livestock. Financing your operation. And supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agricultural organization. Join now at wfbf.com. Keep up with Pam on social media. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter. And at midwestfarmreport.com. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Alrighty, Stu, let's paint a picture. What do we got for today? Oh, it's a beauty. Mostly sunny skies, a lot of upper 70s, lacrosse probably 81 or 82, and the winds become southwest about 5. Overnight, just a few clouds settling. You know what that does? We don't cool down even as much. Upper 50s overnight with the south winds at 5. Partly sunny Thursday, even mostly cloudy in western Wisconsin, Lacrosse and Boston. Afternoon showers, an isolated thunderstorm. The rain chance lasts into Thursday night, like I've said, a tenth of an inch or two. Probably mid-70s on Thursday. South winds at 5 to 10. 
Back to mostly sunny Friday, upper 70s, close to 80. South winds 5 to 15. And then an afternoon shower on Saturday, Pam. And even then, still mid or upper 70s. So the mild air will hold on for us at least into the weekend. Excellent. Good news. Thanks, Stu. And around the state this morning, it is very mild. Right now in La Crosse, clear skies and 55 degrees. Mauston, you're clearer and 57. Fond du Lac, clear skies at the airport, 55 degrees. Beaver Dam is clear with 52 degrees. At the airport, Madison, currently clear skies and 57 degrees. So a very mild, comfortable start to our uh, Wednesday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Neon, day glow, flashing lights, special effects. Today's world puts our sense of sight on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. It's a wonder how much you'll see once all the distractions fade away. You may see a lone eagle soaring past massive snow-capped mountains. Or a great horned owl perched stoically on a branch nearby. You may see the furry face of a baby sea otter curiously poking its head out of the dark blue sea or ancient rocks shaped by centuries of wind. When you see these things, you're seeing the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy, and they would all live happily ever after. Daniel's is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. Does your garbage disposal not shred like it used to? Dave Jones' standard half-horsepower garbage disposal replacement costs $250 and includes the garbage disposal and installation. When you need plumbing services, call Dave Jones, Inc. They're your trusted service partner for plumbing, heating and cooling, fire protection, and electrical for your home or business. Call or text Dave Jones for service or a quote today. Dave Jones. DaveJonesInc.com Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the 
The best thing that can help an American family's finances right now is a new mortgage loan. I can provide you with big monthly savings, skip a payment, and get cash in your pocket. Interest rates are crazy low. It couldn't be easier. You know, if you call me, you're going to do a mortgage loan if you qualify. Educated Mortgage is where this way home. Mortgage Man. NMLS number 222652. We've all had plenty of time to take a look at our surroundings and think about ways to improve it. McFarland's is there to help. I'm Pam Yankee for McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. Online, McFarland's.net. Don't forget about the rental department at McFarland's. Whether you're looking to finish up sanding floors or thinking about knocking down brush in the backyard, their rental service can help you out. Save time and text them at 608-643-3321 and they'll have your item ready for curbside pickup. McFarland's. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala talks about the importance of quality representation no matter how extensive your injuries are. If you're injured in a collision, an insurance company may call you. Just remember, the reason that company is calling you is so they can make money on your claim. That's why injury victims always need a skilled attorney. Always. The thousands of cases we've successfully handled will give us a gauge of what your maximum settlement should be, and we will vigorously work to recover all you deserve for your injuries, your lost wages, all of the medical bills you've incurred, and the pain and suffering you have now and may continue to endure. No matter how extensive your injuries are, you need quality representation. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you for justice. MyJustice.com. We were talking a little earlier about the Milwaukee Brewers, how there's seven games left of the season. And then, believe it or not, I'm looking, I'm scrolling through Bleacher Report, and they have the 25 most surprising players in the majors. The Milwaukee Brewers have two players on the top 25. Number five, Corbin Burns. The Milwaukee Brewers starting pitcher who has just been electric this year and is in the Cy Young talk. He is a beast. And then you have this guy right here. The num- I, c- I had to like slap myself that this was number one on the most biggest surprises according to Bleacher Report. The fact that they had not one but two Brewers on there and Burns was five. Devin Williams, number one for the Milwaukee Brewers. And Rowdy, we talked about this a couple hours ago. Team control. Team control, Devin Williams, twenty twenty five. Corbin Burns, what's he till? Uh, at le- least through twenty twenty four, from what I can see on Spot Track. What's Woody through? He's twenty twenty four too, That's I believe. Insane. So they got a lot of young pitchers that have had a lot of success this season, and they're under control for a long time and at pretty good pay. It's crazy. And the Brewers now have seven games left. When? Can you remember a time, I guess I guess it would be what, the NLCS run, when the Brewers had the pitching and the batting on the same page? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, is that like the only time? But there was a ton of unsung heroes on that 2018 team where no one or hardly anyone would have figured they would have done what they did. Insert Jolice Chassin. Insert right. Wade Miley after being terrible the prior few seasons. Yeah. And Jolice Chassin was a serviceable arm for the Padres. What's more surprising for you, Devin Williams or Corbin Burns? I'm going to say Devin Williams. Because both are crushing. I, I've always been super high on Corbin Burns. I've always liked what he brought intangible-wise with his stuff. Devin Williams was the guy that 
when he was in, I believe it was double A, he was still a starter just like two years ago. Yeah. And then they're kind of like, man, the starting thing's really not working. Why don't you try moving to the bullpen? Yep. And now, obviously, at the last couple of years, they've moved him into a complete bullpen role where you weren't expecting this. His ERA at high A in 2018 was 5.82. And now look at him coming out of the pen. He's you, crazy. You, you were not expecting this? Like, Corbin Burns was the, the guy that had a lot of hype since about 2000, the end of 2017. Yeah. So he kind of had that hype train behind him. Devin Williams was the guy where you're like, oh, this guy, when he was in A-ball, when he was a, a younger, well, he is young now, but a much younger <laughs> prospect, he was a guy where it was like, he reached that high A, he reached that double A, and you're like, eh, well, maybe yeah. this guy doesn't have the, the stuff to be a starter. We'll try him in the bullpen just to see if we can actually get him to the majors. Yeah. We'll see if he can break in. He's not only broke in last year, but this year he's dominating. It's crazy, isn't it? You have Corbin Burns killing it, Devin Williams killing it. In what universe did we ever think we'd be talking about? And Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff had one bad pitch last night, and that was what kind of started the unraveling well, for the If Brewers. we go back to talking about Burns versus Williams, Burns, it was never about his stuff. You never questioned his stuff. It was always his. It was always mental, and it was at times location. It was never that... He didn't throw hard enough because he always threw in the mid mid nineties. It wasn't that his slider wasn't good enough because the slider always looked good. He would just you know leave it right down the middle at times. It wasn't that the the cutter didn't look good. It was just his placement of it, especially when he got in tight situations. Devin Williams, you really were questioning the stuff once he got to that level of high A or double A. It almost had an ERA of six. If you weren't questioning the stuff, you wouldn't have moved him to the bullpen. Now. When he came up last year, he was so so right. Mm-hmm. He'd have he'd have outings where well, he, he, go, he go, didn't they, they put him down to double A last year? No, that was Corbin. Or, Burns. Sorry, yeah, my um, bad. Devin Williams. When they brought him up, he was straight out of the bullpen, and you got some innings. He would look decent. Other innings, it would be like, okay, yeah, this is a an inexperienced guy with not much major league uh, experience or level of pitching. Yeah, he was so so. You you weren't completely ready to throw him in the trash, but you you weren't like, Devin Williams, let's go. He's the back end of this bullpen. He was just another guy that would be in the bullpen, and you're like, meh. You're like, all right, let's see if this guy can work it enough to get Josh Hader out but here. That, and I know I pointed this out early in the season. That changeup this year looks so much better right. than it did last year. Dude, it, his cutter's balling, too. It looks like it's that changeup has become like 100 times better than what it was last year. Mm-hmm. And he was so-so last year. Well, remember last year, they're like, well, Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Nice day on the way today. Sunshine and 80 degrees. We've got a chance of rain in the forecast starting tomorrow afternoon and again on Saturday. But boy, next week, temperatures drop to the upper 50s. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday, September 23rd. Not a lot of items that I could come up with uh, for today. On this day in 1889, Nintendo was founded. That's right, the Japanese gaming company. It was created by an entrepreneur as a card company, and it was based in Kyoto, Japan. The company originally produced and sold playing cards. But fast forward to 1981, almost 100 years later, 
and they released Donkey Kong, and all of a sudden everybody knew what Nintendo was all about. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that beginning on Friday, World Beef Expo going on as planned at State Fair Park in West Allis. Josh Scramlin's got an update. Less than a couple of hours ago, trailers began rolling onto the state fairgrounds as exhibitors begin checking in for World Beef Expo. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. And Beef Expo actually kicks off tomorrow, the 24th, and runs through Sunday, September 27th. But this morning at 4 a.m., the grounds opened for arrival and check-in in West Allis. Now, it's nice to hear that there's an event that is actually happening as scheduled in person, but this was no easy feat. I don't know if anybody knows that more than Jim Wren, the president of World Beef Expo. He's on the phone right now. Jim, this is exciting, but I'm sure it was quite the challenge to get this event up and running, given the way the world is right now. Yes, we are very excited. Um, it's been a, a cautious and um, very making sure that everything is, is just so, so that we continue to be able to have World Beef Expo on September 24th through the 27th this year. We have, you know, checked with insurance companies and and done numerous things uh, working with State Fair in their custodial and making sure that everything's covered. And um, we're going to, we've changed a lot of things to try and get people in and out. And um, it'll be different for this year. There's been a, a few changes, but we're excited to be able to still have uh, World Beef Expo. Jim, last year there were exhibitors from 18 different states that came to World Beef Expo. This year I could see it going either way. So I could see somebody hypothetically in Oklahoma saying, there's no other shows, let's go to Beef Expo in Wisconsin and, and at least be able to show our animals. Or I could see somebody in Oklahoma saying, I don't really feel like taking these animals across these state lines and traveling with coronavirus happens. So have you seen exhibitors from other states entering? I think there's some of, of both of that. Um, and, you know, it, it's the the risk factor and how far you want to go. Obviously, we want to make sure that everybody's aware that that we are, are doing everything that we can to make sure that it is safe and in our control. We have a collegiate judging contest. And from what I understand, we have some from Utah and Texas and, and numerous collegiate judging teams, which has really ramped up from last year. Last year, we brought it back. And then this year, it has... Um, to, we seem to have quite a few Legion teams interested in coming for Saturday at 9 o'clock for the Legion judging contest. You riddled off a whole boatload of breeds just a few minutes ago, but how many different breeds are you expecting at World Beef Expo in 2020? Um, just in the junior show, we have roughly 15 to 20 different um, breeds. Um, you know, the obviously the, the, the old standbys, the Hereford, the Angus, um, but you'll see some different ones, you know, the, uh, American Aberdeen and, um, you know, the keys, uh, there's, a, there's, if you haven't seen it, you know, how about the AB white park? You know, I mean, there's all kinds of different animals that you may not necessarily see at your local county fairs at world beef expo. So it, it varies. Yeah. It's and, and not to interrupt you, but it's, it's, uh, there's some more exotic breeds and not to sound like an idiot, but last year when I was at. Uh, champion drive at world beef expo i saw breeds that i had never physically seen in my life ever before and it was really cool it's a really cool experience if you have not been before exactly exactly and there you know we try and get everybody in there that we can and again this year um we may see some some different ones in there that we haven't seen before that will go into that aob class because they may not have as many but that aob class um any other breed 
you could have uh, numerous breeds in there that you, you may have not ever seen before or ever heard of before, different crosses or whatever. All right, awesome. Jim Wren, he is the president of World Beef Expo, and that is, in fact, taking place in person as planned with a few changes, and that's happening tomorrow the 24th through Sunday the 27th. I'm Josh Scramlin. Thanks, Josh. And you can look for Josh on Friday night. He will be helping to announce uh, the Parade of Champions in the Coliseum at State Fair Park in conjunction with World Beef Expo. We're talking beef in just a little bit with Greg Haynes, CEO of the Cattlemen's Beef Board. Markets overnight are trending a little bit lower. December corn's down two at 367. November beans down a nickel, 1015. July wheat down a penny right now at 567. Barrel cheese was unchanged yesterday. 40 pound block cheese dropped four and three quarter cents to 260. Double A butter that was up three quarters of a cent at $1.62 per pound. October milk, after a big loss yesterday, is up 22 cents overnight at 1864 a hundredweight. Don't go anywhere. The Wisconsin Beef Council stops by the studio in just a moment, right here on the Midwest Farm Report. At Wiffle's Hybrids, our family recipe for success has been handed down for three generations. Take two parts high-performing hybrids, mix with one part unmatched quality, then finish it off with our secret sauce, superior customer service. Some people may say it's impossible to get the best hybrids from an independent, family-owned company, to which we'd say, have your cake and eat it, too. Mmm, Wiffle's Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. I do solely I am swear a federal employee. that I will support and defend. I am a customs and border protection officer. My job is to keep my country Against safe. Against all enemies. We work to make the national banking system safe and sound. I am proud to work for America. Go to theyworkforus.org. I don't want to brag. That means you're totally about to brag. Everything in my home matches. Matches perfectly. It's all pulled together. That's because I have my own personal interior designer. You have your own interior designer because you shop at Lazy Boy. My Lazy Boy designer can pull strings and get me custom fabrics that match, handles and feet that coordinate my personal style, and color combinations that nobody else has. Everybody can have it. You just have to start at Lazy Boy. My personal designer knows how to bring it all together without it looking all, all, um, what's the word? It's not all matchy-matchy. You get the idea. Of course, this kind of customization isn't available to just anyone. It's available to everyone. Unless you have a personal designer. From Lazy Boy. It all comes together with Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Calm your nerves, clear your head, cleanse the palate. Happy hour, 4 to 7, in the sunshine, on the patio at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. This is how it's done. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Yes, here it is. It's time again for Checkoff Chats. Brought to you courtesy of your beef checkoff dollars and our Wisconsin Beef Council at work trying to make sure every dollar counts. And, of course, don't forget about our partners, the Equity Cooperative Livestock Association, Wisconsin's largest livestock marketing cooperative. And I can't stress enough how important it is to keep in contact with those market managers when it comes to marketing your livestock of any type. Again, check them out online, Equity Co-op. 
Cattlemen'sBeefBoard.com. And joining us today, happy to introduce you to the CEO of the Cattlemen's Beef Board, and that is Greg Haynes. Some big developments that uh, have happened, as is the occasion annually when the Cattlemen's Beef Board gets together with other checkoff-related entities, and that is the budget dissemination. Greg, before we get too deep in the dollars and where they're going, can you make sure that we're very clear about how checkoff dollars are disseminated. I have a feeling that sometimes producers get a little confused on where all their money gets to gets really reinvested. Right. Hey, thanks, Pam. I appreciate you having on have me on here today. No, and I agree. I think that is. Um, I guess misperceptions or not everybody is really aware about how the whole process works on on funding these programs that are supporting the beef industry through the beef checkoff. And really, this whole process starts much earlier in the year. You know, we have the contractors, uh, various beef-related organizations that are putting together proposals and ideas for all these different programs during the course of the year. These are all pulled together then during the summer convention, and we have uh, the checkoff committees then, which are actually staffed, not staffed, I guess, manned by um, producers. So each of those usually has about 40 producers on uh, those committees, and they get the first views of the different programs that are coming up. So the contractors are explaining their programs to the different committees, which are kind of based on program areas, you know, if it's research or promotion, things like that. And so they hear all this, and then they give feedback to those contractors to say, hey, this is what we like, this is this is what we think needs to be changed, or we'd rather you do some of this. And so they're getting all this feedback from that producer group. Those groups also kind of rate them, rank them, I guess, within that, and so they provide that feedback to um, the contractors as well. But all this feedback then goes to the operating committee, and so the operating committee is the committee that met um, just recently on the 9th and 10th of this month uh, to, again, hear the proposals and get, you know, see what see what's out there and then make those decisions on how they want to fund it. And so... In between the summer meeting and now, the contractors have updated their proposals, uh, which are called authorization requests or ARs. So they've updated all those and taken that feedback from the producers. And now that producer operating committee, again, 20 people, 10 from the Cattlemen's Beef Board, 10 from the Federation of State Beef Councils, uh, they look at that, they take the feedback, they they question the contractors, they ask them, you know, pointed questions, and then there's a lot of debate as far as, you know, which programs should be funded and how much, because every year, not, you know, most every time we have a lot more requests than we actually have funding available. So this year was close to about $9 million, uh, of a difference that we had. So the operating committee had to really come up with that and cut uh, a lot of those programs to get to that budget that we have available. Right. And we, we're hearing the same thing on the state scene. You know, COVID disruption made a difference in uh, checkoff dollars available and obviously the projects they're going to fund. So give me the master plan then, Greg. What do you see Cattlemen's Beef Board doing in uh, 2021 and beyond with some of those checkoff dollars? Yeah, I think there's a lot of good programs going on. I mean, it's like hard to, there's so much going on, it's hard to really go into all of them. But the checkoff has certain areas where it can work. So, you know, there's like research or industry information, producer communications, foreign markets, consumer information, promotion, all that. So the programs are all fall into those different categories. And so you have a lot going on. I mean, in the research area, it's looking at, you know, how how to utilize antibiotics or ensure 
you know, how that fits in with kind of the human health versus animal health and, and ensuring that um, the integrity of those antibiotics and the safety of the animals is all there. You've got nutritional research talking about just, you know, how healthy and the different types of uh, vitamins and nutrients go into it and how that can help, you know, different segments of the population. We've got uh, industry information, again, looking at um, how you work with veal and developing a veal quality assurance program similar to the beef quality assurance program. Uh, there's uh, consumer research that's really trying to track, you know, things like how have consumers changed their purchasing uh, habits or, you know, what's what's really different now that we've, we're facing all these COVID issues and how then do we need the market to reach those consumers to keep that beef top of mind for them? And you've got, you know, international markets, there's been openings in Japan and Taiwan and different markets like that. So just being able to get out and, and do much more promotions and activities in the international arena. And then just, you know, how do we reach our producers and other opinion leaders and, and thought leaders out in the industry to make sure that they understand the benefits of beef um, from a nutritional aspect, you know, from a safety quality aspect, from an environmental aspect and, and a sustainability act, uh, aspect. So there's just all these different things kind of going on and, and uh, helping support and kind of link into each other. You know, the Cattlemen's Beef Board had a really important mission when COVID-19 really started to hit the United States outside of the world. One area that uh, you might want to update producers on, Greg, is how the beef industry and Cattlemen's Beef Board worked on making sure consumers knew exactly what was happening with the food chain, helping them understand where their food comes from, and maybe as importantly during COVID, how it got to them. I mean, that information piece in light of the pandemic became super important. No, exactly. I mean, the whole supply chain was definitely disrupted, especially with food service, um, you know, basically coming to a halt and then everything having to shift to retail. And this was, you know, globally, not just in the United States. So the checkoff programs that we were working with really did a lot to help work, A, with those different companies to help them reassess and then to be able to move product back into retail. But then, as you said, just kind of getting that information out, making sure that consumers knew, um, you know, that that A, that there is no kind of health concern or safety issues with COVID coming from meat or food products. And then, you know, they are now, a lot of the consumers are at home rather than going out. Uh, They're trapped there. They're looking for ideas. How do we prepare this? You know, giving them recipes on how to cook the different cuts and items that are out there. Uh, And part of that was, too, just because um, of that change and the the tightness that happened in the supply chain, there weren't always the popular cuts maybe that they wanted to see at the stores. You know, we saw when when meat shelves were sold out. Um, So the the cut varieties that were available in the market were a lot different then. So it was like, how do you educate those consumers that now when they find this cut, here's a great way how to prepare it. So there was a lot of this all tied in really um, into doing that. And then just the research we had, too, on kind of identifying, you know, how the consumer shopping habits have changed over the last few months with this whole pandemic and how do we reach them still or, you know, what can we do differently to make sure that we keep getting that in front of them. So all this has been really a part of what the, the checkoff has been doing um, within, you know, the last few months. Uh, other key areas, too, are just working with these these opinion leaders. You've got nutritionists and doctors and things like that. 
that we're always trying to educate and show them, you know, here's how healthy and this is why you need beef and you need to be promoting this as part of the diet. And, um, you know, a lot of the educational seminars and things that we would have been doing with all these different groups couldn't be done in person. So, so much of this education and these activities all had to be moved online or in different ways. Uh, but that all happened. All the programs did an excellent job of shifting over and continuing to really to make those um, strides with the uh, those target audiences. In a lot of cases, we actually got more people engaged because we had that bigger reach with the online platforms. Yeah, very good point. And uh, tickled to have along with us today, Greg Haynes. He's the CEO of the Cattlemen's Beef Board on Checkoff Chats, again, courtesy of the Wisconsin Beef Council, beeftips.com, and our friends at the Equity Cooperative Livestock Markets all across the state, equitycoop.com. You know, looking ahead to 2021 then, Greg, how do you try to keep priority in place? Some think that we're going to be able to work our way through COVID or have better means to protect ourselves against COVID, get life back into a more normal pace. To a large extent, the audience that you work with doesn't notice COVID a lot because they're already isolated. How are you going to keep the wheels moving forward in 2021? Right. And there, like you said, I think a lot of our, you know, the producers out there, the cattle ranchers and farmers, I mean, these are the ones who are out there, you know, working day in and day out, and they may be in in areas where they're not as impacted by COVID with higher populations and things. Um, so I, I think they're continuing. Obviously, there was issues with the kind of the bottleneck with the packing plants, which caused a lot of concern and angst, um, you know, for producers and consumers just having that bottleneck there where we couldn't get the cattle run through uh, fast enough. I think that has, is really starting to loosen up and will be improved coming into the next year. And then just, again, working with the consumers who are looking for the product, whether, again, here or internationally, I think the, the contractors and all the programs have really shown a great deal of flexibility and being able to adapt to the situation. So I think that's going to be coming. Everybody's got these plans and the ideas of what we want to do, but I think everyone also knows that, you know, we're still kind of going through uncharted territory and aren't exactly sure how everything is going to shake out or when things will be fully opened or if things are going to close down again. So there's a, a great deal of, um, I guess, flexibility and adaptability in what we're doing, and I think that's important. So we've got a mission. We've got a goal. We know we want, what we want to achieve and who we want to target it. How we get there may differ during the course of the year, but I think by the end of the year we're gonna, we'll be there where we want uh, with these programs. It is Checkoff Chats, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Beef Council and your beef checkoff dollars online at beeftips.com or through social media, Wisconsin Beef Council, and of course our partners at the Equity Cooperative Livestock Barn.